Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for June 16th, 2021. Glad that you are with me today. I'm Reverend Ochart. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. You created the day and the night, O God. You set the sun and the moon in their places. You set the limits of the earth. You made summer and winter. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Merciful God, we give thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you offer the forgiveness of sin and wash us clean from all evil. By the power of your Holy Spirit, renew our lives and make us worthy to enter into your eternal sanctuary. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalm 89, 1 through 18, 147, 1 through 11, 1 Samuel 2, 12 through 26, Acts 2, 1 through 21, and Luke 20, 27 through 40. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 18. I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David. I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Selah. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord, who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord, a God feared in the council of the holy ones, Great and awesome above all that are around him. O Lord, God of hosts, who is as mighty as you, O Lord, your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is is your hand. High your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Happy are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. They exalt in your name all day long and extol your righteousness. For you are the glory of their strength. By your favor, our horn is exalted, for our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One of Israel. Psalm 147, verses 1 through 11. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. For God is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. God gathers the outcast of Israel. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. 
God determines the number of the stars. God gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. God's understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. God casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. God covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. God gives to the animals their food and to the young ravens when they cry. God's delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor God's pleasure in the speed of a runner, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear God, in those who hope in God's steadfast love. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 12 through 26. Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord or for the duties of the priest to the people. When anyone offered sacrifice, the priest's servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand. And he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the one who was sacrificing, Give meat for the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. And if the man said to him, Let them burn the fat first, and then take whatever that you wish, he would say, No, you must give it now. If not, I will take it by force. Thus the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for they treated the offerings of the Lord with contempt. Samuel was ministering before the, before the Lord a, bo- a boy wearing a linen ephod. His mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord repay you with children by this woman for the gift that she made to the Lord. And then they would return to their home. And the Lord took note of Hannah. She conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli was very old. He heard all that his sons were doing to all Israel and how they lay with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting, he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is not a good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If one person sins against another, someone can intercede for the sinner with the, lo- for the, sinner with the Lord. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can make intercession? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to kill them. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. And Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. 
And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we can hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and the signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So, um, we have a continuation of this sort of side story of Phineas and Elkanah. No, no, Elkanah is the husband. I don't remember the other one of Eli's sons. But we are given sort of a glimpse into what their priesthood looks like, and it doesn't look good, especially if we're at all sort of familiar with the way that things are supposed to be going. So they're doing lots of different things. And um, so there's, there's this whole thing about a fork going into the pot that's boiling and they're just taking out whatever they want. The, the whole purpose and the point of this is that there are very clear ways that it's set up that if you bring a sacrifice to the priest, they have a very certain portion that is allowed to them. Um, and so if it is boiled, then, then you take that out. Um, if they, you give a burnt offering, you take out this one particular piece. I don't remember what it is. Um, and it's just very precise. This is exactly the cut. This is exactly where you should give. The whole purpose of this is that it goes to the priest so that they can eat, right? So uh, the priests do not plant grains. They don't, you know, they don't actually have their own land, all that sort of stuff. So this is to supply them with the food that they need. But what these two sons of Eli are doing, they are getting tired of the stuff that is supposed to be for them, and they start longing after different flesh, right? They they long after... um, you know, this other boiled meat, or, oh, no, give me that cut from the, um, from the sacrifice and give it to us raw so that we can cook it the way we want to, not as sort of an after effect of the, the burnt offering, stuff like that. 
And people are saying, no, wait, hold on. You're, you're not supposed to be doing things like that. They're overstepping their bounds. Not only that, and this is unfortunately sort of an aside, but they seem to be sexually abusing some of the women who are at the gate of the tent of meaning. These um, sort of, presumably that they're also part of the, the tribe of Levi, so they're relations of some sort, um, and they're misusing them. That's definitely the implication is that this is not a consensual act of, of, um, of sexual connection um, anyways um so eli comes to them and says what you are doing is not what you're supposed to be doing straighten out but we definitely see and and we get through first samuel eli tries but doesn't try that really hard right um eli, the onus here is on eli Eli is very much guilty of this situation as much as these sons of his um, because he knows what's going on and he's not doing anything to stop it. There are, there are things that he could do to stop this situation, right? He could depose them. He could defrock them, right? He could, um, he could uh, put them away from that situation where they are not no longer have that role of priest so they can't abuse that power however what eli does in fact do is knows that it's going on hides it continues to put them in places of power where they can misuse it um, moves them to a, a different parish or oh no that's a different thing right um we are familiar with these types of issues. You have it within the church and every place where people have power, sometimes people will misuse it. But we're people pleasers and we don't want to make someone mad or sad or we don't want to call them out. And so we don't do anything. And so the people who misuse their power, there's, there is problems there. But those of us who know about the misuse of power and then don't do anything, there's also guilt there. And we will see how that plays out. Meanwhile, Samuel is growing up. His mom is, is bringing him a robe every year. He's growing um, in stature. He is r being raised up and very much in this form, even though he's not officially a priest, he's very much has this wisdom of God. He understands who God is. Um, he is serving in this capacity where Eli's sons really are not. So then we have in, uh, oh no, we, yeah, Acts is next. Um, we did not read the gospel lesson. That's what's going on. Okay. So we have Acts and um, the day of Pentecost. Talked a lot about this a few weeks ago, um, Pentecost. We also talked about it quite a bit for Sunday school. So I don't have a whole lot to say, just to point out a few things that the, um, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit is very much egalitarian. Um, according to the words of Joel, according to what's going on here, it doesn't matter who they are. They could be men or women. They could be old or young. They could be slaves or free. Um, it doesn't matter, right? The Holy Spirit is just being poured out. This is remarkable given what we will here probably tomorrow from first samuel that in those days the word of the lord was rare exceedingly rare 
Here in Acts, the Holy Spirit is just poured out, just generously, over abundantly poured out, and it does not matter um, who the person receiving the Holy Spirit is; they just they receive it. All of these other people, they're through the Holy Spirit able to understand the gospel. And these are all sorts of kinds of foreigners. There are different people from different places, and it does not matter that they are different people from different places. They still hear this. Um, it doesn't even matter if they think that the disciples are drunk, right? They also get to hear this, um, this sermon from Peter, and Peter gets up. And, and from all that we know from Peter beforehand, he's not overly intelligent, frankly, right? He's, he's the one who speaks first and thinks later. Um, he's not particularly articulate. He gets up and he's quoting whole sections of the Old Testament scripture. It's pretty amazing. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 20 because I had forgotten to, to do that. All right. Some Sadducees, those who say that there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless, then the second, then the third married her, and so on. The same way, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven married her. Jesus said to them, those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well. For they no longer dared to ask him another question. So, we remember that Jesus is in the temple itself, and he's being sort of attacked or, or questioned by all of the religious authorities. So, now it's the Sadducees. This is sort of the, the other group. It's, it was sort of a two-party system. You had the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, two different people, kind of like Republicans, Democrats, right? They have different views on how things should be. One of the things, one of the big beefs between these two is belief in the resurrection. Um, so the Pharisees believe that there is a physical resurrection. The Sadducees believe that there is none. That when we die, we die. That's it. So they come and say, okay, tell us. You're so smart. Tell us about this whole resurrection thing. How does this work? If this woman has married these seven men, all according to the law, this is the way it should have been, according to the law where if, if the husband dies without bearing her a son, then she then conceives with the next son, uh, the next brother, right? To, to carry on that line. And this goes on and on and on until she has married seven. So they say, okay, well, in this so-called resurrection, if this is all the way the things are going to happen, who's she going to be married to? She literally married all seven of them. 
And Jesus says, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You are very earthly bound in this understanding of marriage. And he says something that is challenging and troubling for us. Um, he says, those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Um, so that there's this, our heavenly, we would call it, right? Our, the, our life after this life is one that is totally different to what we're used to. And the, the sort of assumptions that we make about how, what things carry over are not necessarily ones that need to be made. And he goes and he talks about um, that God is not the God of the dead, but God describes God's very being as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, not the God who was the God of those, but the God of those. Because for all God, all are present in God. And those who have passed on from us, those who have died, are present to God. And so the things that we assume about this world, and they just don't carry over. The things that we will see in heaven, the, the way that the kingdom of God truly will work in its fullness, we ultimately can't understand. There's a barrier. We don't have that ability. It's ineffable for us. Um, this answer blows away the scribes. They say, teacher, you have spoken well, right? This is not an answer that they had ever heard because it's not one that you want to hear necessarily. It's a, it is a challenging answer, um, but this is the answer that he gives. And once again, he is asked to sort of like get in a trap and he deftly just sort of sidesteps it. So that's what we have for our scriptures today. Let's go ahead and look at our uh, daily prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. We rejoice in your generous goodness, O God, and celebrate your lavish gifts to us this day, for you have shown your love in giving Jesus Christ for the salvation of the world. Especially we thank you for the faith, life, and worship of the church. the sky above us and the water around us. People who have helped us this day. Occasions for our work to help others. Surprises that have blessed us. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks that Bill is continuing to recover well and that my grandfather James is also recovering from surgery. Gracious God, we know you are close to all in need and by our prayers for others, we come closer to you. We are bold to claim for others your promise of new life in Jesus Christ 
as we claim them for ourselves. Especially we pray for the Roman Catholic Church. The victims of violence or warfare. Those who are hungry and thirsty. Those who share what they have with others. The healing of those who are sick. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for Olga, our cleaning tech, who has health concerns. For John, a friend of Bill's, whose wife Jan has recently passed and who is also experiencing some health issues. For Tom, a friend of Sandy's son, who has stage 4 lymphoma. For Joy, a neighbor of Debbie's who is in the hospital and has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. For Diane and David and Barbara. For all those who are on our hearts and our minds, we pray that you would do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Great God, you are one God and you bring together what is scattered and mend what is broken. Untie it. Unite us with the scattered peoples of the earth, that we may be one family of your children. Bind up all our wounds and heal us in spirit, that we may be renewed as disciples of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the God of peace sanctify us entirely, and may our spirits and souls and bodies be kept sound and blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me for Daily Prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Go to our website, johncalvinchurch.org, for more information. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA 2018 edition, and our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Have a very blessed day. We'll see you next time. Bye.